Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Frank and Culture proudly presents to you its greatest podcast in the world. It's Clifford Red Dog Miller. It's Anthony Lu Lu Hong. This is Get the KO. Let him know, Anthony. Say what's up. And if you ain't down for that, we got two words for you. Just listen. Fight me. <laughs> All right, what's going on, guys? This is Get the KO, as we have mentioned. Um, I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, is Anthony Lou Luhan, who you know sometimes he's here, sometimes he's sick. It is what it is. Um, but we are missing Julie Jubaka. She may be joining us later in the program. Uh, we're not quite sure. She has kind of like a family thing going on, so we're just gonna let her kind of be her. Uh, last night was UFC 236. Uh, top to bottom, I felt like the card was pretty solid. I mean, I didn't really have any huge quarrels with it, uh, but we got to be honest, uh, the co-main event and the main event, if that does not make you want to have fight of the year contentions right now, just those two fights alone, you don't have a pulse. Um, we're not going to really get, we'll get into that later into the program. Anthony, man, what did you feel about this fight card? Talk to bottom. I, I ultimately gave it an A. Not an A plus, but an A. I, I, I was about an A, a B plus, A minus until the last two fights. Like you said, if you ain't excited about those last two fights, if you can't count those two two fights as or have those two fights as fight of the year, you're living under a rock and you don't know what's going on because because Israel and Kelvin and um between Max and Dustin are minds away. Oh yeah, they they tore the house down. There's no doubt. Um, but let's get let's just jump straight into this bottom part, right? Uh, so our first fight of the night, man, was Brandon Davis versus Randy Costa. Uh, great great matchups. Obviously, Brandon Davis being ten and five, uh, he did get to win submission round uh, two, one minute and twelve seconds. Uh, kind of key talking talking points here. Um, Brandon Davis didn't have like the greatest accuracy when it came to like. Throwing, obviously, total strikes and significant strikes. Uh, he is at 43% and 39.8% respectively, you know. Uh, Randy was at 47 and 45 uh, in the same category as well. Well, the big difference was, though, was the submission attempts. Um, Brandon Davis did have uh, a, a great game plan, bringing fights to the ground. Uh, the man is just, he's just a beast. And I, I just, I loved... Uh, just the domination that he had in the second round. He took a fight down. He made sure that people uh, was was paying attention to him. And he did a great job, man. So that was a big win. Um, it was by rear naked choke, like I said, in the second round. So big ups uh, to Brandon Davis. What did you think about the fight, Anthony? Or did you get a chance to check it out? It was the one one of the few fights I didn't get to watch. Um, as everybody knows, I do have two kids. Um, not, not, not that it's an excuse. But one is a two-year-old terror, so in and out with that fight. I definitely got to watch the next fight. It was, it was I, I got to watch the, the submission, and I'm like, okay, not there. These, these might be some quick fights. Yeah, I felt like that too. I felt like I felt like the card kind of made you feel like the tempo was going to get set, and that there was going to be obviously we we're going to get a lot of like drawn out fights. 
And I kind of feel like in the main card, that's definitely what happened. Um, but it wasn't like the fights weren't entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like the fight card went by pretty quick. Oh, definitely. So, next up, we had uh, Lauren Mueller versus uh, Puliana uh, Botello. Uh, great fight. Went all decisions. Oh, big, big takeaway here. Uh, Puliana just drops bombs. And she throws in, like, mass volume. So, all three rounds give you guys an idea. Um, by the way, we are getting our stats from UFC.com as well as Google, so it just kind of helps out. Um, but uh, Poliana, she definitely had total strikes, 152 uh, landed out of 202 thrown for a 75.5 uh, or 75.2 percent uh, uh, percentage uh, total strikes, as well as her significant strikes was uh, 47 of 84. So she was looking. She was looking for the knockout the whole time. Like she was definitely had a great game plan of setting the tempo. She just kept pushing, uh, and then ultimately the judges gave it twenty nine, twenty eight. All three judges for uh, Poliana. So it was a great, great tempo setter. It was a great win for her. So I'm definitely proud to see her uh, keep moving up in the in the ranks. Yeah, definitely. Um, it it was a it was a weird third round. We'll call it. I mean, Lauren Mueller, like she she stunned her with about a about a minute and a half left, and she put her to the ground, and we were just sitting there like you gotta let her up, you you cannot put her take her get taken let her uh, get put her in her clinch, or her uh, uh I'm trying to think of the word here, not the clinch, okay anyways um, but no so a minute and a half left she dropped uh Lauren Mueller drops a bomb drops a bomb knocks her down. And wants to tank wrestle with her instead of going for the uh, knockout. Like you're down two zero. If your coaches and it wasn't even close. If if your coaches are telling you that it, that you might have won that round, might have won a round, and then you go into that third, you're getting dominated in that whole third. Why why drop bombs or, or why try to wrestle when you know you need a knockout or a submission? Right. And this is like it's just a fighter mentality. Obviously, we know like. Some fighters have that killer instinct. Some don't really know what to do. Uh, they train well. Let me let me get it. Let me caveat that. A lot of a lot of fighters will train and be ready for a fight. But there's those guys like the you know like the John Joneses type that they just have this killer instinct that they know when a person goes down how to finish them. And uh, it's it definitely showed in this fight that Mueller, as she got the knockdown, she was looking for something else other than to finish the fight. And that, you know, obviously cost her the victory. One of the things, too, I forgot to mention is that this was a fight. Laura Mueller was a replacement fighter. Uh, Paige Van Zant was originally scheduled to be in this fight against uh, Polian, uh, Poliana. Uh, but uh, due to fracturing her arm, she could not compete in this fight. So, you know, it was it was great that Lauren was able to step into this fight, but I really would have loved to see Paige Van Zant in that in that octagon at the same time. Agreed. So going up, uh, Montel Jackson versus Andrade. Uh, yes, I'm gonna slaughter his last name too. Uh, Sokohama Thong, Thoth. I don't know. It makes it sound like I'm a stutter or like a lisp. Anyway, so, what? Zach Hammoth. Oh, good job. See now you can. Yeah, uh- could have saved me there, but no. So, so this was a uh, decision win by uh, Montel Jackson. Uh, big significant strikes here. Uh, one one sixty two eighteen, 
to uh, Andre, who only threw 41 for 73. I was talking about this uh, two weeks ago, actually, with Julie, that anytime you see a fighter land more strikes than a person attempted, that's huge. Like, obviously, you see, like, a big hole in somebody's game. Um, the fight was scored 30-26, 30-27, 29-27, which means one of the judges saw that uh, they felt like Andre won a round, but I didn't think he won a round. I thought all three rounds would have gone to Montel. Uh, but no, big ups um, big ups to Montel. It was definitely a huge win for him. He needed it. So continue to move on. Uh, and we'll, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Another big set I want to talk about was the three takedowns that uh, Montel was able to score in this fight. Uh, I know Andre got one. He was one of one, but uh, it just shows that, you know, Anytime that Montel wanted to take the fight to the ground, he was taking that fight to the ground. Definitely. And they were talking about that Andre was going to be the better striker, and Montel just showed him up. He showed up, ready to fight, had a plan, and executed it. Yeah, it was great. It was a great fight. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was a great, great game plan by Montel. He obviously knew what he wanted to get accomplished, and he got the job done. So big ups to that man. Uh, moving up, Kurt, Curtis Millinder. Versus um, uh, Bella Muhammad. Uh, the Wasn't it just a couple... I feel like this was like four weeks ago we just watched Millinder fight. Was it four weeks ago? Even like... They might have been as recent as three weeks ago that he fought. Like he didn't... He didn't look good. Um, Millinder? Yeah. Millinder fought... His last fight was... It was uh, more, yeah, about four weeks ago. March In March, he lost to somebody via rear naked choke in the first. So... He had a quick turnaround, but the problem was is that you kind of fed him to Muhammad, and Muhammad, man, 126 uh, landed at a 217 thrown. Uh, significant strikes was 47 of 107. Takedowns was two to six, uh, two of six. Massive, massive uh, movement. So you could tell that Muhammad was really, really ready for this game plan. Where Millinder, man, I don't know if he was still shy out because of the, the last fight that he had in uh, in March, but he. He didn't look good in this fight. I'm just going to be honest. Every time I looked around and was watching the fight, I felt like he was just kind of like laying against the cage, just hoping something was going to bounce his way. But Muhammad was such a dominant uh, fighter in this fight. It just it was never going to happen for Millinder. And I, I, I question where Millinder's head's at because I just feel like he's not there right now. Well, well here's, here's a lot of the things. Is Like, like you said, it, it was one of those... Where you land more than you, the other person throws, but Curtis Miller has power, and it showed in the first round. And then uh, Bilal, Bilal was able to figure out that he didn't want to get hit, so he didn't want to keep in that range. So he got close the whole fight. He was really close, and he uh, he made the fight a little bit more personal by getting in his face with a little bit of. Uh, with how many shots he, he threw, he threw two hundred and seventeen. He landed one one twenty six, but he took he also took him down two of six. Right. No, definitely um, great points made, man. And a fight was scored uh, 29-27, You know, obviously all to unanimous decision to uh, Muhammad. The next fight, man. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to say this was controversial. This was like legitimately. I this was a legitimate win. Uh Khalid uh Taha versus Boston Salman. Uh ended first round, twenty five seconds, TKO punches. Khalid 
with the nastiest left hook. Uh, drops Boston to the uh, to the ground. Boston just kept getting punished. Um, I know Boston tried to say that he was still awake, like he was still up. Um, I was like, dude, like your arm went limp. Even if it was for like a, a second, your arm went limp completely, and God would have known what happens after that. But I felt like it was a great stoppage, um, you know, and big shout outs. But sorry for you know for Boston, he just it didn't, it didn't work out for him and Khalid. Definitely looked really good in this fight. Yep, definitely. I mean, I feel, I feel for him. I feel like I feel like it's not the way you want to go in having your debut with a twenty-five second knockout, but it happened. I mean, now you can just pick up and uh, go on. Yeah, there's that. There's that really much to break down in that fight, man. Five five punches. This is all it took. <laughs> So, punches and twenty five seconds later. <laughs> yeah, you about a punch every five seconds is what 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 that equivalated to. Um, we're gonna move up. Max Griffin versus uh, Zalim uh, Emadov. Uh, this was a fun fight. Uh, Max Griffin did get the win decision. Uh, big thing for him. It was uh, 29-27, 29-27. and then twenty eight twenty eight, which some one the last ref had discorded a, a ten eight round somewhere in that in that well. With two ten eight rounds in that in that fight, so it was a great. It it tells you what what happened, right? Uh, seventy two of one twenty nine, fifty nine point five percent. That's for Max Griffin. That's his total strikes. Uh, and as Aleem as well is seventy eight out of one sixty five, uh, forty seven point three. Biggest part here though, Max Griffin attempted eleven takedowns, got six of them, uh, fifty four point five percent. Zalim shot a takedown. It was a uh, didn't didn't really get it zero of one, uh, but Max was attempting everything under the sun. That dude had three submission attempts. Uh, it he just he looked good in this fight, and you could tell he was really working because he he showed off that he's a well-rounded MMA fighter and going towards the future, maybe somebody that people want to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you with that. Um, Max, I, I I scored I scored this twenty nine twenty eight. Um. Max did toward the end of each round. It looked like he just. It looked like that first in that first round where he where he had them. He was wrestling him, and he just wasted all his gas tank in, and he just tried to coast. He did enough in that third round to capture that third round. Right. Yeah, and that's just something we'll we'll get into that because we'll talk. There's another fight that I kind of felt the same exact way that guys were just emptying their gas tank and just trying to like coast off onto the win. Um, but yeah, we'll dive, we'll dive a little bit more with that. Uh, moving up, man, this, this was another quick fight. Uh, Wilson Reese, uh, versus Alexander, uh, Pantoja, Pantoja. Um, but it was a great win by Alexandre, uh, KO first round two fifty eight. Um, big stat here, man. It was just (laughs) the bomb that got dropped by Alexandre to Wilson was phenomenal. And Wilson had so much respect for him once, like, the fight was over because he got up and he was just like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> they were just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, that happened. Uh, 26 of 36. Uh, total strikes, significant strikes was 23 of 33. Uh, and just one knockdown. Uh, Wilson definitely tried to score his uh, takedown. Uh, he got one, so it was one out of four. But, man, Alexandre is, he's got nasty power, man. It just, he's hes going to be that guy that we're going to start talking about here soon. 
looking, you know, for a belt. Fast is what I call him. Fast. When he when he was going back and he connected with that shot that dropped Wilson, he got on top of him and he he threw. He probably threw I think like twenty of those shots within like twenty six shots within like I don't know ten seconds. That dude's arms are quick and he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. I'm 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 gonna be excited to see him versus hopefully Henry uh, Suhedo. When when he gets his title shot, because that guy is gonna be money down the road. Oh yeah, I have to agree. He just he looked dangerous in that fight, and I was like, dang. And Wilson Reese, by all means, he's not a pushover himself. Like he's a he's the guy. He's twenty three and ten now, but going into that fight, he's twenty three and nine. He's ready to like he's ready to fight. He had great fights going into it. I was just amazed at how quick this fight like ended. Um, jump up right. Jalen Turner versus Matt Frivola. Uh If you were strictly looking at stats, you would have thought Jalen won this fight. Uh, but Matt was the more consistent and more consistent striker in the sense that he was able to uh, not just be, not just throw in volume, but accurate and landing. Um, he so Jalen was forty-two of one twenty-four for thirty-three point nine percent. Where and his uh, significant strikes was thirty five one sixteen for thirty, but if you looked at Matt, Matt was a uh, forty nine forty nine ninety five for fifty one percent, and then his significant strikes was thirty one of seventy seven for forty, um, and then his takedowns, man, four for thirteen and two submission attempts. So it's not like Matt was just being a pushover, man. He was actually moving and going and looking, and he was driving. So you know, it was a big ups to Matt. Um, they did score a fight. I think it was thirty. 30-27, all three judges towards Matt. So big, big wins. I definitely had to give a lot of props and, you know, can't wait to see what he does in the future. And it's a, this is no takeaway from uh, Jalen Turner either. Jalen Turner came off the Contender Series, just the hype name. That's why he was the big name on the main the main, the main event on the prelim card. Um, and he, you could tell. You could tell definitely. You could tell that Jalen wanted to strike, and when he couldn't strike because Matt got him down, and then he wouldn't give up. It, it, Jalen did not want to get up, give up. Uh, he he had a rear naked choke on him. He sh- shook him off. He had both heels sucking. He was trying to ground. He was trying to he was trying to flatten him out, flatten him out, and it, he wasn't having it. Um, so big shout outs to to Matt uh, for getting that win, but definitely. Jalen, keep your head up because you're going to be going places, bud. You're tall. You got the reach. Now you just need to work on a little bit of takedown defense, and you'll be fine. Yep. I 100% agree with that assessment, man. He was a, He's a battler. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I cannot wait to see what he does going forward in, a, in the future. So, by the caveat, by the caveat to start with a need to follow. So, a lot of you guys who don't know, uh, definitely check out Jalen and just keep an eye on him. Now, since we got like the prelims and the early early prelims out of the way, we're gonna dive a little bit more into these cards, into the to the main event, right? This is what everybody was like waiting to listen to. Here, here we go. Um, OSP versus uh, Nikita uh, Krivlov. The last time these guys fought, uh, OSP did get the submission. He did score it. He did win. Um, Getting into this fight, right? Uh, it was I don't I don't really know 
I didn't really know what to expect, right? I didn't know if OSP had it in him to grab another victory, especially over Nikita, even though he had already beaten him once. Uh, but it's very hard to submit a guy twice, especially if you're a submission specialist. And that's what we saw here. Um, going into the fight, total strikes landed. OSP was 8 of 12. Um, significant strikes was 4 of 8. Takedowns, he was 3 of 8. No submission attempts, which was massive. Uh, but Nick, uh, Nick, Nikita, uh, 60 of 79, 27 of 44, one of, one of two takedowns, and two submission attempts, which one of those ended up being uh, a rear naked choke in the second round with like 2.30 left in the fight. Um, he did get it sunk in, and my God, man, it was tight. And you knew it was tight because OSP was snorting and you could hear that he was struggling for air and he had no choice but to tap. It was tap or go to sleep. I mean, just as, just as simple as that. So what did, what was your assessment of the fight, Anthony? First off, going into this fight, I did not know what we were going to see. Um, you, uh, Nikita, look, going walking out the ring, he looked like he had some confidence. OSP looked like he normally does, getting his ready for his fight. The thing is, is OSP lost three in a row. He lost to John Jones, Jimmy Manoa, and Vulcan Ozdemir. Then he won three in a row to uh, Marcos Riguero de Lima, uh, Yushin Okami, and Corey Anderson. And then he lost two of three going into 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 last night. He was he, was, he lost to Ayler Latifi by a guillotine choke. He beat uh, he submitted Tyson Pedro with an armbar. And then he uh, lost to Dominic Reyes by decision, an unanimous decision. Going to this one, I'm like, uh, this depends because over the past, I don't know, two years that that we've been we've been watching him since, uh, three years since we've been watching him since we watched him versus John Jones. Um, he hasn't been the same that he was prior to the John Jones fight. Uh, so it just depended on who, what, what OSP came out, and he took him down the first time, and he was going to attempt something, and then he got out, and then it was just over for him. Nikita got the revenge, uh, the revenge for the loss he had early in his career. Now it's just going to set up for a, th- a third fight, and hopefully OSP is smarter not to go for a a submission than just to throw some punches. You got to show you have a uh, footwork. Or you're gonna get tapped out again by this dude. Yeah, but it's it's wild because I feel like OSP like he's he can he can look for knockouts and he's he's shown showcase like he's got some great like footwork as well as uh you know some good hands. But like his game predominantly is a ground game. But when you go against another guy who is a better submission artist than you are, then you do have to kind of change your style up but I just feel like he went into this fight maybe semi semi ready for the fight I don't I don't know only because every time I looked around like one he didn't look good in the fight he just kind of looked kind of like maybe a little he was a lot sluggish he was way sluggish for this fight and obviously Nikita wanted to get his his he wanted his W he wanted to avenge the loss which he did, by all means. It was amazing to watch him do his thing. But it was just, to me, OSP just, he has a lot to go. He has a lot to learn still, even though like he's been in the fight game forever. But it's like, 
he's not improving on his hands. He's just steadily like always looking for that one bomb that he can throw and hope that lands. But he doesn't. He's so streaky, and I think that's the biggest problem I have with him is that, dude, like, you're going to end up fighting Nikita again. It'll probably be sometime next year, and you should be ready because you guys, you guys, theoretically, you should know him because you fought twice already, and you do a lot of research on him. I know they watch a lot of videos over uh, Nikita, but it just, it's weird, man. I just feel like OSP just, he doesn't really care. You know what I mean? I definitely got that same vibe. So we're gonna move up, right? To the I don't want I want to call it the controversial fight. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about saying about that. Um, Dwight Grant versus uh, Alan uh, Joban. So great fight. Uh, went all three rounds. Uh, so total strikes: thirty nine of one twenty three for thirty one percent from Dwight. Uh, thirty eight of one twenty two for thirty one point one. Where on the other side, Allen was 25 of 101 and 24 of 100. But he did score uh, one takedown out of two attempts. Um, the fight card was scored. Uh, split decision. 29-28, uh, 27-30, and 29-28. Which means that one judge had to see that fight. That Allen won all three rounds. And I didn't feel like Allen won all three rounds. Just judging the fight on myself. Um, I felt like Dwight set a good pace. Uh, he did lose the second round. I definitely felt that was one thing. Um, but he, like, I just felt like he, and this is, this goes to that, what we were going to talk about, uh, what we talked about earlier. Uh, he was gassing out all the time in this fight. Like, granted, he had a good tank on him, but just felt like he was trying to dump everything as much as possible and he just wasn't getting the job done. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It was one of those that I felt like Dwight. Dwight controlled it. Dwight could hit him when he wanted to hit him. When Allen was throwing things, I mean, the percentages looked look perfect to this matchup to how that fight was. He threw, 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 miss, 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 connected on one. Where, where Dwight pinpointed when he was actually going to throw. And I, I scored the contest 29-28 uh, Dwight Grant with that win. I no idea what that thirty twenty seven was. Yeah, those. I think that's just one judge like sitting back and going, "You know what? I really liked. I liked the way that Alan did his thing. Uh, I'm just gonna go with that." Um, yeah, I definitely didn't feel like Alan had the same. I, I didn't feel like Alan won all three rounds. I could have given him one. I definitely felt like that was justifiable, but like thirty twenty seven was ridiculous, man. I was like, I just couldn't. I couldn't vibe with it. So it was what it was. Um, moving up, right? I think this is going to be something we're going to talk about for a long time. Uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Eric Anders. Um, I'm. It went all three rounds. I really don't think it should have. Uh, and we're going to talk about this. Khalil Roundtree fight Eric Anders. Um, Eric Anders was the linebacker uh, from Alabama. So if some of you guys don't know, he is a, he was a football player. Uh, did play under Nick Saban. Um, so total strikes, he was uh, 19 of 72. Uh, significant strikes was 16 of 69. Uh, zero for one on his takedowns. Here's where things were crazy. Khalil Roundtree had four knockdowns. Total strikes was 83 of 162. Significant strikes was 79 of 157. And no no takedown attempts. Khalil Roundtree, 
I feel like understood that he was the better fighter in this fight. And I think that's what pissed me off about him. Because the judges scored this 30-26, 30-26, 30-26. Obviously all towards Roundtree. My biggest problem with the fucking fight was that if Roundtree was able to knock down Anders at any given time, why not finish the fight? I just feel like watching Roundtree and Anders fight was like watching Michael Jackson versus CM Punk. Where like Michael Jackson understood that he was going to be the better fighter. And he went out there and just was classless in his win. Which is exactly what I felt like happened with Roundtree. Roundtree chewing up the leg um, of Anders by all means. He looked incredible doing it. Uh, But it was like, you know, Joe Rogan was like, this is the best I've ever seen Roundtree look. I was like, well, yeah, but he's going against a fighter who's, he's a football player. He's not a true fighter. He, um... I granted he's he's good. I do give Anders his his props, but he's not a true fighter. And being in the in the game, he only won against Tim Williams. He got stopped against Thiago Santos. He lost in split decision to Elias, and then he lost in decision. Which, by all means, Roundtree should have finished the fight when the fight went to the ground. And I don't want to be down on I don't want to be down on Anders by any means. It's just. It's so significant of how much of a difference in a fight game that there is. And Roundtree just refusing to finish the fight just pissed me off. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. You know, what? you know, what pissed me off. And if you're and if people were listening to the fight last night, what pissed me off was Eric Anders corner, not calling the fight after getting knocked down four times in the second round. The reason why Khalil Roundtree doesn't didn't want to get. Get, get put on the ground because his ground game sucks. He went to he went over the seas to Thailand to train with the clinch and he felt good about it. But Eric Anders is a decent wrestler too, and I I feel like I feel I felt that if if Khalil gets in the clinch, it's just going to be a, or gets uh, knocks him down and gets into his guard. It's just going to be a guard game. That's all it's going to be because Khalil still needs work with that. I definitely think that I'm I'm going to be honest here too. I didn't watch the first round. I fell asleep and I woke up. <laughs> happens. I'm old. Um, and, I, and I woke up for the second round just to watch him get knocked down four times in one round. At that point, save your fighter. Save your fighter and call it. Just say, fight another day. You're, you've lost it. You've, you've completely lost this fight. But no, they fucking didn't. They fucking, they fucking let him get out there to get hit more times in the head. That's how you get in the concussion protocol. That's how you, in, that's how you lose years off your life because of their coaches. Because of their training staff, that dude should have been out of that fight at the end of the second round. They called it. Look at Anthony Pettis versus uh, Tony Ferguson. Anthony Pettis broke his hand. Said, I'm not fighting a third. I, I'll fight a third if you want me to. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll save you. We'll save your hand because you're, we know you're going to throw. And it comes back to this. They know that he's going to get hit in the head again. And they know the power of Khalil Rantry. Why not just call it and be done? Yeah, it's like it's like they they're putting so much faith in Eric because he does have a lot of knockout wins. He's got seven of them, um, including a head kick uh, in a on a Justin Gaethje uh, fight card. Um, but it's like, yo, at some point though, you do have to save your fighter. Your fighter's getting punished. He's being outclassed, and you you can't 
he's not able to perform the way he usually is. And that's what I'm saying, though. Is like, even though Roundtree's ground game, su- ground game sucks, um, there was a point where he hit, Eric Eric went down, and, like, you could tell. Like, I could see it on the TV, and we were at a bad camera angle. The lights were on, and nobody was home. And at that point, you know, he could have jumped. He could Roundtree could have jumped. Roundtree could have, you know, Finish the fight, but instead he's like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna stand back here. I'm gonna let him get stood up, and then I'm gonna go out there and do it again." But yeah, big, yo, I don't have no idea what the fuck Anders Corner was doing. By all means, it was fucking some trash. Like they should have sat back. They should have told him, "Like, look, dude, you're not winning this fight. Okay, you're down two to one. Unless you can score a big knockout, and maybe maybe Spartan Fitness." um really advocates for like hey no finish the fight but you do have to save your fighter at some point in time especially when they're getting just crushed they have to you have to stop that fight and just say hey we'll try this again next time and uh i was upset at this at these guys yeah it it was it was trash i i was like after that, just sitting there, even like Joe Rogan and DC said, call a fight, this be done. And I'm like, dude, they have to call this. This is ugly. And and I'm, I'm going to back, I'm going to go back to what I said with, with Khalil. I, I don't blame him for not wanting to go to the ground game. If my ground game isn't good, I'm not going to go to it and get, and get put into a, a possible submission or a possible reversal. And now I'm on bottom trying to guard for my, for, for the win. I, I, I don't blame him. It, it, it's 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 like a free throw thing. Like I'm gonna go to basketball. It's like a free throw thing. If you stand, if 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 you stand slightly with your with your right foot up, and up to the free throw line, and your left foot back, and you're making them, and you switch it up to where both you're square with the hoop, and you're not making them. I'm gonna go back to how I'm making them, and that's that's how I felt like Khalil was doing. I I, th- I felt like he he knew that if he goes to the great guard game, he's gonna be done. So why not call get him back up? And try to get a knockout. Yeah, I mean, I can see that point. It's definitely a good assessment. So I would have to have to lean on that side and say, I mean, in that in that aspect, yes, I would agree. But at some point, the fight is going to go to the ground. And I think that if you have knocked down a fighter four times, you probably could finish him on the ground. But I mean, and I do have to say, like, it, it is smart by Khalil because he does understand. And it, we've talked about this numerous times, right? Um, Sean O'Malley, the Sean O'Malley fight is definitely one that I think about where he broke his foot. He couldn't even stand up. And uh, he, like, you know what I mean? Like, the guy went to the ground with him. And we all sat back and we criticized that guy. We were like, why would you go down with Sean O'Malley if you know he has a broken foot? Make him stand on it. And, you know, we're, we're being ruthless. And here I am. You know, kind of caveat in the same thing. So I guess I have to be more fair on it. Like, I do understand your point that I just feel like Khalil probably, he had heavy, heavy hands. He probably could have finished that fight. And uh, I just, I I feel I feel bad for Eric because his corner sucks. It's just, it's trash. I, I agree with, with that last part of that statement is that his corner sucks. Even the referee should have said, said something. You know what? Uh, I, I, I almost at this point, like like with rounds like this, I wish that UFC would have the same rules as boxing. If you're gonna get hit, knocked down three times in a round, you're done. Yeah. I can see that. I would I would have thought the doctor would have came in between the second and third round and just hey man, look, 
you just got dropped four times. We can't have this. You you're done. And then call the fight. Blame it on the blame it on the doc then. You know what I mean? Unless like Doc went in there and was like, Hey, what's your name? He's like, Eric. Alright, where are you? In the arena. Like <laughs> you know, ask blunt ass questions. It's just I don't know. I really like Eric really needs to kind of sit back and think, is Spartan Fitness the best gym for him? Or is it time for him to kind of like migrate to another gym and start training there? Because this was awful. And his corner did not do him a good service. And I I get that you want to be loyal because it's in Alabama and blah, 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 blah. But, man, I just I wish the best for your career. But it may be time to change things up and go somewhere else. I heard Definitely agree with you. Greg Jackson's gym would be a perfect example for you, man. Even though it's light heavyweight and you'd be training with John Jones, I just think that would be better for you. <laughs> just go somewhere new. Do something else. Um, but enough with the bad news. Let's let's stop beating that dead horse. Um, shout out to PETA. Come at me. Um, let's let's jump into the co-main event, right? Kelvin Gaslam, Israel Adesanya. Can we can we be honest, man? Um, if we want, we're going to talk about this, right? Uh, Kelvin Gass- Gaslam, uh, no knockdowns, 92 of 222, 91 of 220 for significant strikes, one of nine for his takedowns. And I'm going to say that one takedown he did take, man, I don't, he had no control in that takedown. He got the takedown. Um, Israel was able to get back up relatively quick for a guy who usually doesn't wrestle. Um, Israel Adesanya, four knockdowns. Uh, total strikes, 119 of 247. Significant strikes, 109 to 237. Uh, no takedowns, but he did have two su- two submission attempts. So, let's dive into this fight, man. Because the first round... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, the first round was just straight bombs. And I swore Kelvin was going to take this fight in the first round. Because he was just... Israel was on the ropes. He was just running, like, from one side of the cage to the other to try to get away and get his air, like, back into his system. Um, but, yo, I have to give it to Kelvin in this this, this round, man, because he was just so nasty with his aggression in it. I, I, I did not – here's the thing. I did not think that uh, that Kelvin was going to get get him like he did that quick, and it was just like – well, the first round definitely goes to Kelvin, and it was like he might not even make it out of the first round. And then he, the first round ended. And I'm like, Kelvin's feeling good. Kelvin's feeling good. And the, and then and then this, and then let's dive into the second round. And what happens in the second round is is Israel's Israel picks up pace a little bit, hits him a couple times. Kelvin hits him one big time and and rattles him again. Yep. And then what we saw was Israel again into the cage, run back out, go strike, run back into the cage, kind of try to keep his distance away. But he was landing a lot of strikes, which I have to say was was big and significant. So it was big, big props to Israel trying to set the tempo. I think in that fight, in that round two, I think we called it 2-0. I think I called it, I called it, it was 2-0. I called it 10-9, 10-9. Um, you had it 10-8 though, right? When we were talking about that specific round. No, no, not, no, 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 not this one. This one, Israel won that second round. Cause I got, I thought they was going one, one. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. We did. Because it was the it was the other fight that we had a that there was a possible ten eight. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And then we got to the third round. Um, Israel looked like he was starting to pick up the tempo. The one thing I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right off the jump, right? When Kevin Gaslam looks good in a fight, like being ready for a fight night, he performs very well. The one thing I did notice in this fight was that Kelvin Gaslam, as soon as he's walking to the octagon and he got into the cage, I told people, I, I said right off the bat, he looks like shit. And I don't know if that came into show later into the fight, um, but I definitely felt like a lot of his cardio got zapped out. And maybe it was a... A, the, a bunch of the body shots that he was taking, like the big kicks from Israel uh, to the body. But as you can see, like, Kelvin was, like, winding down. But he was still landing, which, you know, by all means, in the third round, we saw that. Like, he was still able to kind of land a couple big shots. Israel was pushing the tempo forward. Um, and then he started, Israel, like, slowly started taking over the fight. Um, but... I gave that, I think I gave that round to Israel as well, if I because the fight was such a blur. <laughs> uh, I definitely think that, uh, I thought Israel won that second, or that third round as well. I had it as, I, I, I had it as, as Kelvin first, Israel, Israel, Kelvin going into fourth. Um, definitely, and it, it was, it was so hard to, to even keep up with it because it was such a good fight. It, I was with you, it was such a blur. I'm like, this is happening. This is happening. Oh, that's happening. That's happening. And I'm like, oh my god, is this fight still going? Yeah. And then getting into the fourth round, Kelvin. Kelvin looked like he got a second wind. He looked like he was ready to go. Um, and then it looked like everything in his body. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna dump all this into this fight. And that's what he went for. Um, I think he thought he was gonna try to score the score a big KO in uh, the fourth round. Started pushing the tempo. Started throwing more bombs. Um, really had the good, he had the good takedown right towards the end of the fourth. Um, and I was like, yo, this is, this is where it's at. Like, this is what's going to happen. Um, this fight is starting to be more significant, but, um, Israel just would not go away. <laughs> like he just would not go away. And it was big ups to him for that too. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was really impressed with the toughness of Israel, uh, uh, as Andre, we we we've talked about this in previous podcasts that that he didn't deserve a title shot because he hasn't really fought anybody in that division. Like he's beat up an, a forty four year old Anderson Silva, and he's gotten past a uh, a Derek Brunson who who's Derek Brunson and the Brad Tavares, and then he comes out and takes it just gets beat up. He's bleeding all over the place. He's he looked like hell, and he just continued to strike. So I ate my words on that, and I'm and I'm excited to see where this guy's going. What this guy can really do. Yo, God, that fifth round, man! Like Israel was just murdering Kelvin. Like I'm surprised the fight was not stopped. Israel came out, pushed the tempo, bloodied up Kelvin. Kelvin was still standing. I'm not gonna lie; he definitely kept pushing the tempo. It was great to see. Uh, judges actually scored this fight, uh, 48-46, all three rounds towards Israel and new uh, interim middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. So the last style bender. What I found interesting about this, right? 
was right before the fight, right? We're talking about like a day or two before the fight. Um, they asked Israel about John Jones. And he said, well, I've already murdered one goat. Why not go for the other one? Which pissed off John Jones. And which John Jones replied by saying, hey, you know, I don't know who you think you murdered. You barely got by a 44-year-old Anderson Silva. He's like, there's only one John Jones. And so, you know, John Jones having his fight coming up soon. Um, it, it would be very interesting. It's something I very much would love to see. But Israel Adesanya versus uh, John Jones. Could we get that maybe November, December fight? Who knows? Um, I know as of this morning, we're talking about this uh, Sunday morning. Um, John Jones continues to attack Israel Adesanya and keep going after him and talking about how, you know, he he barely got he's a kickboxer who barely got by a wrestler, which Kelvin Gaslam had a lot of heart in that fight. I definitely have to say that. But it's very interesting to see that Israel um he did. He he barely got by Kelvin Gaslam. And we've talked about it and you've you've brought it up a couple times that Israel isn't ready for a top you know, those top fighters. Obviously, he's a champion now. Um, but where would you think that... Would you put him in that category where, hey, he can, you know, he can, not saying deserves, he can fight John Jones? Not yet. Uh, and here's the reason why. Uh, I don't want that fight. Um, be out. Is, when is Mr. Whitaker going to be back in the cage? That's our that's our big that's our that's our that's our biggest question is this. And on top of that, if it's gonna be another year, well, he did can have we please run this surgery. fight? Yes, he had the emergency surgery on it because he had a bad bowel. Mm-hmm. But so if he's, he's gonna be out of a while, let's run this fight back. This fight was awesome. The Calvin, you know what? And here's the thing with Calvin. And I was down on Calvin. I was down on Calvin when he got all the way through. The, the ultimate fighter to the finale, and I thought Uriah Hall tanked it on purpose. To, to, to I thought Uriah Hall was like, well, I know I'm going to get a contract. Calvin, you're not going to get one, so I'm going to let you win. I'm going to let you take me down because I'm not going to strike with you. And Calvin took him down and got the win. And it was the ultimate fighter. And then Calvin just comes out of out of the blue, just yada, 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 and starts KOing people. And I'm like, this guy's a wrestler, not a, not a, not a knockout artist. Ugh. I just Calvin, man. I've became a fan of Calvin Gaslam, and I, I have high hopes for him. Still, I don't don't take don't take this loss as a as a career ender because you fought your heart out. You literally were probably a minute away from if you if you could have unloaded more more in that fifth, you might have that title rather than uh, Israel, um, but. I want that. I want this fight to be ran again. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem seeing this fight run back. I definitely would like it. I just feel like, in a in an interest, right? Something that we never got. We always talked about was Anderson Silva in his prime versus John Jones, right? And we all talked about John Jones was like, well, he's still like up and coming. Like even though he's a champion, he hasn't really proven himself. Blah 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 blah. But he was winning, and. Then, like, the toxic can, well, can John Jones beat Anderson Silva? So we were like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe, blah, 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 blah. 
And then obviously that fight never came to fruition, right? So now that we have this rare opportunity where we see Israel Adesanya coming up on the up, and we have John Jones, who is in his well, I don't know if I'll say he's in his prime, in the midst of his prime. Why not run this fight when we have the opportunity to do it? Because we know in a couple of years it's not going to be that way. We know in a year it's not going to be. It may, it may not be that way. So at this time, I would love to see that fight run because you can always run the Israel Adesanya Kelvin Gaslam fight back it, next year, the year after. You can run that fight. I just feel like this is a rare opportunity where we can see two dudes who love to who love to strike strike and see what happens. And knowing that John Jones is a wrestler who is a phenomenal striker and Israel Adesanya who is a he's a he's a great striker himself. I would just love to see a striking match between those two and to see what would happen if you let them go at it. That would be a good fight. Here's the thing. Who who does John Jones got next? He is um uh, Santos. Yeah, Santos. Santos next. And then in, in, in that and then while that happens, we're waiting on a few things in the heavyweight tag to happen. Yep. We got we got uh the possibility of Brock. We got Daniel, yeah, Daniel Cormier waiting to find out if he's gonna fight Brock Lesnar or if he's gonna fight uh uh Stipe, more than likely Stipe. And then after those two fights, John Jones probably needs to go to heavyweight. John's got it's got to go to heavyweight. John Jones has got to go to heavyweight and fight and fight DC for that title. If not, if D, if DC if the, if DC loses to say Stipe and Brock Lesnar comes back, John Jones got Brock got to go have got to have Brock Lesnar. Are two going to be two bigger fights before John Jones says, "All right, Israel, let's go." See, I think I'm on the other side where. Because we don't know if Brock Lesnar is coming back. Obviously, we know he lost to you and I. And I don't say everybody. Because people who don't watch WWE don't. Um, we know that Brock Lesnar lost the title at WrestleMania last week. The biggest thing about it, though, is that John or that this, this was supposed to be opening up an opportunity for Brock Lesnar to sign a card to fight DC. But... Dana has came out this week, earlier this week, and he said he doesn't think that fight's going to happen between DC and DC and Brock. So what we're seeing is possibly seeing Stipe get thrown back in the title picture against DC, and then probably the winner of that is probably going after John or calling out John Jones. But we probably won't even see that fight till March next year, maybe April time frame. So in that time, depending on what happens with the Santos fight, let's be real, John Jones should win that fight. So if he wins that fight, then we're going to talk about, all right, now John Jones doesn't have a fight. Israel doesn't have a fight until the November time frame. Why not let them take off and do their thing and have a have a fight, have a great striking match? Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I That light heavyweight division is so... It's so boring now. Like it doesn't take much for you to to get get a title fight. Look at Anthony Smith. Look at Vulcan Ozdemir. Yeah, I mean Gustafsson has been doing doing damage for five years, six years in, in Octagon. So I can see why he got his title fight. But you just you just got to put it. You just got to put in like a five fight win streak, and you're in title. You're you're gonna title shot pretty much. So that 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 and to, to be honest, 
I don't know anybody that's going to take that belt, really, from, from John Jones. I mean, the best that we've seen happen was Gustafsson and Jones 1. Right. And that was a, Jones 2. Yep. Let's not forget that John Jones admitted to training about 70% for that Gustafsson fight. And then when we saw 100% focus, laser focus, John Jones, Gustafsson didn't stand a chance. Not in that second fight. So, I don't know. Like I said, I just think strike-wise, Israel, I I think, I don't want to say Israel earned his shot at John Jones. I just think that he deserves the opportunity to fight John Jones. That's, that's kind of where I'm getting at with it. I, I, and, and, I, and I get it. So. But you're going against probably well, we, who, we go, who we go against the GOAT. You're going against somebody that we consider one of the best to ever do it. And at that, you're giving up 20, 25 pounds. Yeah, yeah, about right. So he's going to have to add on weight and learn to fight without weight, see if that adds to his power or not. Um, All right, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about this main event, man. This main You want to get through it fast? I know you want to get through it fast. No, I don't want to get through it fast. I do, 100% we're going to talk about each one of this. Yes, okay, I am a Hawaiian fighter fan. Yes, I know what happened, okay? Let's talk about this. Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Obviously, I'm saying this in a bitterness, okay? Dustin won, all right? 49-46, 49-46, 49-46, okay? Yeah, it happened. But let's talk about this craziness for a second, right? In terms of total strikes, right? 208 out of 473 for Max Holloway. Uh, Total strikes to uh, 180 of 383. Uh, Significant strikes was... 181 of 446, uh, 178 for 381. Uh, Dustin Poirier did get one takedown, uh, one out of eight. And Max Holloway did have one submission attempt, which was in a fourth round. It was a nice-looking Darce choke, and I think had there been, like, you know, probably 10 seconds left, that that very well, that very well could have been the end of the fight. Uh, but let's go into it, man. Let's talk. So, Dustin Poirier... Jesus, man. Like, at 145, he looked really, really thin, right? Now seeing him 10 pounds up, that dude looks massive as a 155-er. And you could definitely tell that Max Holloway wasn't... I don't want to say he wasn't ready for this fight, because he 100% was. It's just, he... I don't know if he was ready to handle the 10 extra pounds, because at 145, he's a monster. At 155, the 10 pounds makes a huge difference. And Dustin was just, in the first round, God, man, he had Max all over the ring running. Because every time it looked like Dustin punched Max, Max was shaking. And it was so massive, the the big differences between in the weight class. Now, I will go out and say, Max did land shots, too. Like, it wasn't that Dustin came in and just steamrolled him in the first round. Because there was a couple times where Max was landing a couple punches and it stunned uh, Dustin. But Dustin was so methodical in the way he was attacking in his first round. Just heavy bomb after heavy bomb after heavy bomb. And was was doing great damage. I mean, in the first round he had swollen up uh, Maxwell's right eye, or Max's right eye. Um, And so he, you know, the eye was closing and Max just stood there, man. He was willing to fight and kept fighting. 
but he was still landing punches and he was to eating a lot of shots. Uh, but Max throws in volume, and I think that's the one thing that Dustin knew was that Max lacks uh, kind of a one punch KO power. He he lands his in volume, so he's very much a blunt force trauma kind of guy, not a one punch artist, you know. And so that's what we saw in his first round was that it wasn't one punch that was putting Dustin in defense. It was the four or five hit combos where Dustin was hitting one punch and Max was getting put into the cage. And it looked like the fight probably could have been cut any time, but Max just kept throwing punches and refused to back away. So it was definitely huge to see in the first round. Anthony, I, I know you had this fight 10-9 uh, Dustin just like I did, but what did you feel about that first oh, round? I that's the, this, is the, this is the round that I called this 10-8. Because I felt like Max didn't or didn't do anything in this fight in the first round. Yeah, he everything everything he threw in that first round wasn't shaking up, wasn't wasn't shaking up uh, uh, Dustin. But everything Dustin threw, Dustin hurt him a lot. Dustin made him bleed easy. And this was the round that I was like, this is a 10-8 round because Dustin dominated from, from beginning to end with the, with with the first punch that stung him, that stung uh, Max. I was just like. All right, so Dustin just looks really good at 155. He looks healthy. He even he even told everybody that he had troubles losing that 10 extra pounds to get down to 155. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, you look so good. Yeah, there was no doubt in that in that that round. I could definitely see how you would have scored a 10-8. The funny thing was, is the second round I actually scored 10-8. Um, I was thinking about a possible 10-8 round because I felt like Max wasn't landing. A whole lot of punches. Like he was trying to, he was striking, but it was like, oh god, man, uh, Dustin just was swarming him constantly and just landing heavier shots and heavier shots and heavier shots. And I was like, at some point, man, I thought Max was gonna drop. Uh, he kept getting backed into the cage. It looked like he, his knee would buckle, but he would just he would stand tall and he would keep you know keep trying to throw punches back. Um, so I definitely felt like the second round. If in any round could have been scored a ten eight, it would have been that round. Um, I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that round as a ten eight because for the first minute and a half, it was Max putting him against the cage, hitting him four or five times, getting out, and then all of a sudden that one big shot shuck him, and then here comes Dustin. I I, I when I messaged you, I was like, that might have went to that might have went to Max on that one because then I had it. 1918, and you're like, no, it's 2018. And I started looking at that, and I'm like, no, you're right. I'll give that one to Dustin because it's only a minute and a half that Max really controlled that round. So then I had it 2017. Yeah. See, and then how I saw it too was I saw two 10 9 rounds going into the third, which um, at that point, you could have, and I, and I brought it up, man. I really felt this way. Somewhere in that third round and I couldn't tell whether it was like a minute and a half into it or two minutes into the fight all of a sudden Dustin's power just faded because the same punches were being thrown but you could tell like the power wasn't behind him right so first round devastating shot to Max Max was to the cage third round same style of punch right we're talking like hook like a overhand hook um, comes flying in does it it lands but it's like Max shakes it off. 
And uh, it was like, oh, snap. And then Max started throwing punches back. You see Dustin kind of like start to fade a little bit. Max starts to swarm on, bring on more power, get, keep keep pushing his tempo. And you kind of saw like Dustin was like, oh, damn, bap, 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 damn, bap, bap, bap. You know, eight, nine, eight, eight, nine. You know, here's, here's, here's a hit combo to uh, double up on a jab. Another three, four, five hit combo. And you're just like, damn, dude, like Max is coming along. Maybe this is where Max takes over this fight. So I gave that fight, that round to Max and called it uh, 10-9 Max. So at that point, I had it 28-29 Dustin. Then going into that fourth round, um, actually, how did did you score that fight, that round? On the the third round, I had that one 10-9 Max. So I had it 29-27 going into the fourth round then getting into the fourth round um max came out i felt like he still had the same flurries right but then like dustin's second win finally kicked in and he just slowly started coming back over and taking over the fight once again so he started landing more shots max was starting to back up but i felt like the power continued to fade like even though the second win came through his power was fading faster so Dustin was still trying to throw punches, but he was just staying active. Um, he did, right towards the end, I think that's where he scored his takedown. And once he scored a takedown, Max was actually looking for a choke, which he did get the Darsh choke. 100% was tightened down, just that there was five seconds left in the round, and Dustin just held out. And he knew all he had to do was hold on. For the four to five seconds, because I know Julie said it too. Julie was like, wow, like just five seconds left, and I'm pretty sure Dustin would have tapped. Um, I would have given it 10 more seconds, and Dustin would have tapped. But yeah, so, you know, Max slips in this, the Darsh choke right towards the end, but I definitely still gave the round to uh, Dustin. Even though I I know the submission attempt should have been something, it kind of came at the last, last minute. Um, and him and Dustin were talking about that choke right towards the end, um, before they went to their corners. So I definitely scored that uh, 10-9 to, um, to Dustin for it, which then would that put 39-27? Is that right? Or 30, I don't know. I had it. I, I didn't really know what to do with the fourth. I, I could have gave it to Max. And I was really thinking about maybe Max did take that, that fourth round. And I'm like, what's gonna happen in that fifth round? The fifth round is a decider. The fifth round, you, I felt like it was gonna be the winner of that round is gonna take the fight. And uh, well, the judges gave them him Poirier that fight that round. Yeah, getting to that fifth round too, man. Like you could tell, obviously both fighters were exhausted or they were tired. Uh, Max still kept at it. By the way, round four that was the round that the knee came in. Uh, Dustin threw this massive knee, caught the corner of the inside corner of Max's eye, split him open, and he was just gushing blood. Um, but Max never backed away. Get into the fifth round, uh, cut gets reopened, and Max continues to fight. He's got like this bloody mask on, and he just keeps battling through it, um, keeps pushing the tempo, and you know, ultimately, uh, as the fight kept wearing on, Dustin kept landing more and more shots. Uh, 
you know, Max battling through, battling through, battling through, uh, kept throwing punches just as well. But, you know, ultimately I felt the fight went four, you know, four rounds to Dustin to the one for Max. Um, and, you know, judges agreed. It was 49, 49-46, um, all three rounds to to Max. Now, I do have to caveat. I definitely thought there could have been there could have been a couple of rounds. I agree with you that Max could have won. Um, but it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the fight. I just felt Dustin won this fight clear. Um, and I, it's hard for me to say that because I'm such a fan of Max Holloway and most fighters who come out of Hawaii. It was, I was just like, you know, you know, his 13 fight win streak did get broken, but it's okay because Dustin, oh my God, if you're going to lose your fight to somebody, then Dustin's the guy you're going to end up losing that fight to. It, here's the thing with this as well is is we knew Max's conditioning. We knew Max could throw, and he throws in hundreds and hundreds of. He threw almost 500. He threw 473 uh, uh, punches, strikes. Um, Dustin threw 383. So now we know that Dustin has a bit of cardio, and like like I will, nobody can question Dustin's cardio or his heart. Did you did you were you watching when they're getting ready to announce like Dustin? You could see it in his eyes. I, if 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 he doesn't win that fight, that 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 title, he's crying. Yeah, because he's like, I want my belt. I want my belt. That belt is mine. I want my belt. Even even when they called him winner, he's like, I got my belt. I got my belt. Yeah, I want him tested for um, peds. Just gonna put it out there. There's a <laughs> Dustin's a clean fighter, and 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 I know that we we can't say that right now. Like like we we would know that Dustin's a clean fighter, but with everything that's going on right now with TJ, we thought the same thing with TJ. But I just Dustin Poirier has always been that guy that is emotional. He, even even like, and he's been he's been the guy that that has such a big heart. Like when Eddie Alvarez illegally kicked him or need him and he couldn't go on he was just like it happens like he wasn't mad about it he said he came back and kicked the shit out of eddie um he has so much heart uh th- this does not take any way th- anything away from the hawaiian pride the hawaiian heart because max blast holloway is a fucking king he's a beast i took my hat is always tipped off to him and he took the he took this he took the uh, the loss with with such pride. That's the word that I'm on. I really, the pride of Hawaii. I just crazy respect for that dude. It was Dustin wanted that title. He he been doing this enough, and he's like, I'm not gonna walk away with this without this title. And that's what happened today. It's just something to say though, man. Is that if you weren't a fan of Max Holloway prior to the Dustin Poirier fight. You're a fan of Max Holloway now because not only can the dude deliver ass beatings, he'll take an ass beating, but then he has such pride about, like, what happens. You know, like, win, lose, or draw, Max Holloway doesn't change who he is. It's it's the blessed era all the time. And it very much showed last night when he lost to Dustin. He didn't go around like, we need to run it back. We need to have this fight again. We need to do this or, you know. It's 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 just business. No, he was just like, no, like I'm I'm a champ, so like I'm very humbled. You know, I'm definitely glad that Dustin wins. He's a champ. Like I don't let him know. Like that's the thing I love about Max Holloway. 
And usually, <laughs> I don't want to say it happens all the time, usually most fighters that come out of Hawaii are the same way. We do have a couple. There are a couple assholes that come out of there, right? But for the most part, when you talk about like fighters from Hawaii, obviously a lot of people know BJ. BJ always is very, you know, he's hanging on to life threads right now. Travis Brown, uh, when he was fighting and he was on, you know, a part of a different team and not Edmund team. He was very humble. Um, but then you look at people like Kendall Grove. You look at people like Chris Lieben. You look at people like, obviously, Max Holloway. And all these guys continually win, lose, or draw. They, they're here. And they have such pride. We talk about, like, you know, it was something that Israel Adesanya said, too, in his fight after he beat Kevin Gaslam was like, hey, man, he's Mexicano. And he's got that pride, and you've got to love that pride. He's never going to go down. It's the same exact thing with the boys from the island. And they just have this pride where they're like, we are never going down because we are constant warriors. But they are humble at what they do, too. Not saying that Kevin Gaslam is the humble. Just saying that Max Holloway clearly showed who he was last night in that defeat. Even even, even, even after the, like, right after the fight, Max held Dustin's arm up like Max knew. And here's the thing. A lot of people could say things about Max Holloway. Max Holloway's cocky in, in the ring. He is. He definitely is cocky because he's good. And he knows it. But he is so fucking humble too. I hands down got mad respect for Max. But you can say the same thing with Dustin. Nobody had the respect for Dustin. Nobody had Dustin win this fight. Nobody had he said that he had a chance with this against this. You, even yourself, you gotta. Even you, Cliff, you gotta be able to say, "Dude, the, the dude has cardio. The dude has heart. The dude has strength. The dude has everything he needs to be a champ." And he is fucking humble as fuck. Yes, his emotions yesterday were were last night were were outside the box. But he's been doing this so long. He's never been one of those controversy fighters. He's always just been like, let's go, let's brawl. And, I'm a sh- uh, and then look what happens. He finally gets his title. And he, then he calls out DC because DC's from the same city, Lafayette, Louisiana, two champions there. And put the words, put DC's words at Khabib was, get your shit together, kid. We got a, we got a title to fight for. Yeah. So I'm hyped. I, I can't wait to see uh, that fight get put together because I definitely think. That should, you know, Khabib and Dustin should be the next fight. And you're right. Dustin is very, very humble. He is from my second favorite football town, <laughs> uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, home of the Raging Cajuns. Woo, woo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got I, I get props, man. Like, he's very humble. He's got a lot of great cardio. His wrestling's on point. His striking's on point. So, I, yeah, I, I can't even argue that, man. Like, I definitely... I'm very, very happy to see him be a champion. I know it's it's crazy to think that two of the champions are from Louisiana Lafayette, and that um, you know you have uh, Usman and Israel Adesanya, both also uh, from the same country as well, being champs. It's just it's wild to see like the shift in landscape with champions, right? So we used to always talk about. It's probably Brazil, it's probably America, like the U.S., and it's probably, we don't even talk about Japanese fighters getting real belts, man. They're either from Brazil or they're from the U.S., 
And to see the, sh- the, the shift a little bit into, like, different areas, it's just really, it's really cool to see. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely, it's definitely a lot of fun watching other champions from other nations win belts in, in the UFC. I, I just, I'm just mind, I'm still mind blown from, from the, the second round, from the second round of the Eric Anders, uh, Khalil Ranch round tree fight card. Mind blown. Just what in the world, dude? That card put on probably one of the greatest shows that we've seen from the other card just holy smokes like you got two fight of fight of the year candidates uh they're in the in the in the, the co-main event and the main event you have probably a performance of the performance that could be a performance of the night with Khalil Rantry just knowing that he he dominated that fight um how that card was so freaking awesome i'm so glad that i got to watch that card Yep, I have to agree, man. So, with that being said, we do have a couple of fights that are going to be coming up here soon. We'll cover those fights um, as they come along. Uh, it's just Alice Overeem will be back in Octagon, so we're definitely going to be hyped to see him. A um, couple weeks, we do have uh, Aliquinta versus uh, Cowboy Cerrone, which is going to be one of those fights I cannot wait to hear you and Julie talk about she's a huge Aliquinta fan obviously you're a huge cowboy fan I can't wait to hear the trash talk begin between you two it's gonna be so much fun to see <laughs> and when Julie when you, when you listen to this podcast because you didn't make it on we miss you but be prepared for that for that for that argument <laughs> yeah, be prepared I Julie I can't wait ah, yeah. all right with that being said though Anthony go ahead and give out your link and love man oh my link and love hey Lincoln Love right now, we just got to watch the uh, red-white game. We're excited about Husker football coming back with Scott Frost. Uh, Nebraska basketball hires Frank Hoiberg. If you don't know who Frank Hoiberg is, he led a no-named Iowa State team to a few uh, tournaments. He also coached a horrible Bulls team who nobody's going to save. And he's from Lincoln, Nebraska, so he gets a coach in his his hometown. For his home state. Um, he brought back Doc Sadler, who's from here. You know what? Just Husker Husker sports. That's what it is today, this week, because baseball team looks good. We always have a great volleyball team. Our basketball program finally has a coach that's going to give, give a fuck and not say, oh, we tried. Here's some sprinkles like we did with a football coach prior to, uh, to Scott Frost. We're not going to mention his name because uh, he's out there riling around somewhere else. Um, so just a Husker sports. I'm excited. Even Husker baseball this year, they're looking really good. Darren Ernst, Ernst got a really, really uh, good team this year. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the Big Ten. Uh, that's my link in love. I, we, there's so much going on in my life. Moving again to a bigger place, getting ready for the baby. I just I, I got to stay humble. I got to stay humble to Husker sports because I love them. Cliff loves them. A lot of our listeners are out of the Lincoln area. Love them. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I think about it all the time too. Like I'm up here in, in Maryland and Nebraska is coming up here, uh, November 21st, I believe it is 22nd to play Maryland. And, uh, I'm just getting people ready. People are getting 
I'm sure people are annoyed with me because I'm just like, y'all don't even know what's going to happen when Nebraska comes up here. Like, the ass whooping is going to be fierce. <laughs> and I just, I keep talking trash because I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm ready for Nebraska football to start back up again. You're right, the baseball team is doing well. Um, so, yeah, definitely huge, huge shout-outs to those guys. So, with that being said, um, Anthony, give them out your handles, man, where they can find you. All right. So then right out to my Lincoln Love, I got to say this. Hey, 22 veterans die a year every every day from suicides, from the stuff that the, the stuff that we've seen that we bring home we can't handle. It's starting to go down, but I will never, ever, ever forget 20, the number 22. Um, with that being said, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to follow me, let's do it. Here is a Lujan1985. My Snapchat, a Luhan1985. My Instagram is AnthonyLuhan1985. Follow me. I'll follow you. Let's some some, some crazy stuff. 22, baby. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, big ups. Um, you know, we love you guys, military uh, veterans. Obviously, you know, Anthony and myself are veterans. Uh, so whether you're a home front, you're overseas, man, you need someone to talk to, man, just reach out. We're going to definitely, uh, you know, feel where you guys are coming from. We can empathize with you. Um, but if you guys want to try to reach out to me, you guys can find me uh, pretty much on all platforms now at CM underscore Miller 85. So Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, even PlayStation 4, if you guys are trying to trying to at me on there. Um, so you guys look for me there. Um, you guys can also find me here on Franken Culture, attached to Frankensteiner, uh, Get to KO, as well as Nerds of the Roundtable, which also, uh, want to drop this in here again, we are having a, um, here in the future... We are starting another podcast. Um, it We haven't really decided on a full title of it. Just kind of idea behind it, though, is that it's going to be revolving around kind of like parents' life experiences. Uh, we're hoping to get, like, other parents. Um, obviously, we want to get all walks of life, so not just, like, you know, not just the same typical parents. It'll be, you know, new parents, old parents, um, adopted parents parents um so it'll be kind of like the parent life so for those of you who never read the book uh what to expect when expecting awesome join in this podcast talk with us and we can talk about your experiences here um with that also check out the great articles that are a part of franken culture uh i know i've put up probably like i just got a, a notification to I'd put up 20 which is ridiculous to me uh, so go check those out guys man there's a lot of great stuff on the on articles and um, go ahead, Anthony, let them know. Tell them bye. Hey, too. And as always, good fight and good night.